and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty and Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about the season 18 mid-season premiere of Grey's Anatomy entitled No Time to Die. So if you haven't seen it yet, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, to start us off, uh, Giuseppe, how are you? How have you been? Well, I've been pretty good, busy with work, and, and I watched some new television series, mm. and I watched a few books. I'm actually reading right now the second book in the Bridgerton series. I don't mm. know if you, if you have ever read them, because, you know, the second season is about to drop out. I think it's about to be on Netflix, like, at the end of March. Mm. So, I'm, so I'm reading the second book. I'm not a big fan of those books, but I'm a big fan of the series, so... And yeah, and it's good to be back, you know, it's good to be back in our podcast, watching Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I hope that our listeners are good as well. What about you? What's new in your life? What have you been up to? I'm good. Um, I've been reading a lot too. Um, so I, I think I said this the last time uh, we were recording, um, but I, Amy and I just finished watching all of Stranger Things and uh, the, the trailers and everything for season four just dropped. So um I started reading there's a couple of like books they have that like give you like the backstory of some of the later characters okay um so and I know I don't read that kind of thing but there was a podcast based on one of the books that I stumbled across that was really really good so it had a companion book so I read the companion book and there was another book so I'm on the second book of that which I'm really enjoying um so you're like in a stranger things hole yeah I'm in like a stranger things hole I've also been watching some new shows as well so that's been good I don't know if this made the news where you are, but there were, um, the city was like occupied by protesters for the past three weeks. Oh my God, no, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, the, the, here the cycle news has been all focused, I think in Canada as well, towards what's happening right now in Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. And No, we actually didn't hear anything from Canada. What's happening in Canada? Uh, so it's better now, but basically three weeks ago, um, a bunch of truckers from other parts of the country showed up in Ottawa wanting to protest like mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Um, and normally like Ottawa has a lot of protests. That's not an issue, but you have like a permit and everything. They showed up and basically occupied the downtown. They gridlocked the city. The honking was nonstop. Like they basically terrorized residents. Um, oh and the God. really stupid thing was that they were protesting stuff like so Ottawa is the capital. So, you know, where federal decisions get made. Yeah. Um, the stuff they were protesting is a provincial responsibility. So <laughs> it wasn't like the federal, like the federal government um, doesn't actually have any say over the stuff they were protesting. Like they set out guidelines, but it's up to each individual province and territory. You know, like health is a provincial and territorial responsibility. And the fact that there are still people, you know, protesting for, for vaccine and mask mandates, it's just crazy to me. Just crazy, 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 crazy. But before we get into Grey's Anatomy, I you said that you discovered new shows. And yeah. um, I discovered a new show as well. And I mean, it's not a new show in the sense that it was out last year, but I just discovered it and I'm obsessed with it. I, it's a limited series from HBO. I mean, it, actually season two is going to happen because of, the, of its success. And it's called The White Lotus. And if you haven't watched it, you should, because it's a great, great show. It's a six episode show. It's an easy binge. I mean, each each episode is an hour long, but I wanted to recommend it to you and to our listeners. It's a very, very, very great show. And the second season of the show is going to be filmed around the era where I grew up, Sicily. 
Oh, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that, even if I don't live in Sicily. And speaking of things shooting here, I live in Rome. And, you know, the other day I was walking the street and basically I met Giacomo Giannotti, who plays the Luca on the show. And it was, oh. just, yeah, it was like a very brief encounter. I think he was in Rome because he has to shoot something. And mm. yeah, and I, I, did, I didn't stop asking him anything because, you know, he's not my favorite. Not as a person. <laughs> Not as, a, not as an actor, I mean, as a, as a, as a character, of course. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I didn't want to stop him and ask him for things because that would be like, no, I didn't want to do that. But, yeah. you know, I just, I thought that was funny to show. Yeah, so, that's really cool. So, Jasmine, do you want to do the 30-second recap of our, our mid-season premiere of Grey's Anatomy, of course? Yes. Uh, can you count me down? Yes. Three, two, one, go. On this season's mid-season premiere, we find the doctors of Graysell Memorial grappling with the aftermath of a car crash that injured Teddy and Hayes and sent Owen off a cliff. Meanwhile, Meredith works to save Dr. Hamilton's life, and we see Levi struggle to accept the loss of his patient during surgery. The loss causes Bailey and Richard to rethink the Weber method, and Link confronts Amelia after witnessing her move on with Kai. Ta-da! Ta-da! And Grey's Anatomy's back with its twists and its turns and its drama. And I have to say that even though there was a lot of drama, I expected like more drama. You know, mm -hmm. they made all this promotion saying that it was going to be a big crossover event, that something huge was going to happen, what's going to happen to Owen. And I, I was sure that he was not going to die because, you know, we lost so many characters last season. So I thought, no, he's not going to die. And besides, I didn't want him to die because he's... He's been on the show, he has been on the show since season five. And I think at this stage, since of course Grey's Anatomy is, is winding down, I think it's important that they keep all these, you know, uh, long time players. Because mm. even though we don't love them, sometimes, even though they, sometimes they're annoying, there's somehow they give continuity to the show. So I think they are important to keep. But, you know, it was just when the episode um, began, Owen was already, we, we knew that Owen was alive. We knew that he was a risk, but I never felt the risk during this episode. I mean, I never thought, oh, he's going to lose his legs. I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I didn't feel like the stakes were high, you know? this. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like coming into this episode, the question was, you know, out of Farouk and Owen, like, who lives, who dies? And then... You know, it, it was kind of it was kind of tenuous with Farouk there because you know the heart was bruised and all this stuff. Um, but you know, coming into this episode, I was like, you know, I honestly thought Owen was going to die, or that like you know it was going to be really critical, or it was going to be in a coma, or like you know that like it was going to be you know the super critical thing. And then the, the beginning, I'm like, okay, maybe they're doing a fake out where he looks like he's fine, and then something's going to go wrong in surgery. Yeah. Um, but then you know, as the episode went on. I felt like the pacing was off. I mean, I both felt this way and that like, it, like the, they didn't hold the tension. And so it didn't, you know, like we got, I think I was about part through the episode and I kind of felt like, okay, like it looks like he's going to make it. So yeah, I agree. I like, it felt like they tried to bring the drama, but not the way I felt like they should, like where they yeah. chose to bring drama. It's like, you could have gone, you could have brought it in other storylines and done it a different way that I think would have been better. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, again, I, there was not much tension, as you just said. Mm -hmm. And 
one thing that I liked about this episode, one thing that it's been missing, in the, I mean, not just this season, but I mean, in the past few seasons, is that I loved how Meredith, even though she didn't have an actual storyline, she was like the grounding presence mm. of the episode because she was involved in every storyline. She was talking to Richard about Levi and she was talking to, to Amelia about Owen and she was talking to Hamilton and then she was talking to Ace. So what I thought was a good thing about this episode was how Meredith again, as, as, as it always should be since she's, at least to me, she's the center of the show. Mm -hmm. She would she should always be in, interested and in, in, in every storyline happening. So I was happy about that. But again, I expected more from the Owen storyline. Mm -hmm. And I'm now that we know that he's going to be fine, I mean, he has a long road of recovery ahead of him because, as we know, his legs are still, you know, in a bad shape. So he will. Yeah, need they were shattered. Yeah. Yeah, they were shattered. So I'm very intrigued by what they're going to do with. You know, with his character regarding to his storyline, I'm, I'm, because I think they are setting up a big, big strife between him and and Teddy. Because I think that Teddy is gonna find out what's happened in the car. I mean, that Owen, you know, is giving illegal drugs, not illegal drugs, but he's giving drugs illegally to yeah. soldiers in pain. And I think that's gonna cause a big drama between the two of them, which in a way does not make sense because as someone noted on online you know there was an episode back in season six in which owen and teddy thought because teddy was wanted to give uh, um an ill patient the, the these drugs and owen yeah. was against it so again this storyline does not make a lot of sense mm -hmm. but again the point is that this show these days and i'm going to talk about it a little bit more later mm -hmm. it seems like they have a problem with continuity you know yeah i agree and what they want to do. And I think if you let me, I'll tell you what was my biggest pit peep of this episode. It, it made me realize how much in these days, the writers are sometimes a little bit lazy. So basically we have in this episode, a scene between Ace and Megan and Ace is about to tell Megan how's Farouk and he's about to tell her that Owen has been injured, that he was in a car accident, but he wants to make sure before he tells her that she's in a fine place, you know, that she's not yeah. going to kill herself. And he asks her a question. He says, did you know that I lost my wife, Abigail? And basically she says, no, I did not that. I did not know that. And I was so mad because of these lines. You know why? Because in episode six of this season, not two seasons ago, but this season, so two episodes ago, Ace told Megan about his wife while they, while they were playing Monopoly at the hospital. Oh, yeah, the game night, yeah. Yeah, game night. He was like, you know, when my wife died, my kids. And now Megan is like, no. So what bothers me is how mm. these writers are just so lazy right now, you know? This is not something, I mean, I can get an error or a continuity error when, you know, it's been 50 episodes ago, because I know there is a lot of seasons. I know there is a lot of Yeah, episodes. like the odd thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so I get that. But this was just two episodes ago. Two yeah. episodes ago. I mean, the fact that this, that this season, the writers seems, seem a little bit checked out, it just makes me so angry because it makes me less invested in this in storylines. You know what I mean? 
yeah do you get why this bothers me so much no I, I do and I, like, I didn't remember that but like there's been other things where it's not consistent and which bothers me too because you know in the past the writing was on the whole very consistent and I was saying this to Amy a while back where when Shonda Rhimes was you know was still show running I wasn't focused on other projects. We both think that she must have had someone on her team at that time who was in charge of continuity and, you know, of making sure because when she left as uh, work on other projects, that slipped away. And so whoever that person was, whoever was, you know, in charge of that, um, whether it was one person or more than one person, that's something we've talked about too, saying, you know, that was something that, that for the most part, like 99% of the time they were very good about that slipped away in uh, later seasons. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, these kind of things just bother me so, so much. I know mm-hmm. they're little things, but since I want to be invested, I, I love this show, as you know, and as you love it. And since we love the show so much, it's just that we, I mean, of course, we know these characters aren't real, but we are invested into them because yeah. they feel real. So when there are these errors, it just makes me understand that there's some writing, but I, I mean, it's, I, you know what I mean. So, yeah. yeah. And also um, what bothered me a lot about this episode, and I think you have a lot of thoughts about it as well, mm-hmm. is the fact that Cormac Hayes, after three seasons... Okay, after the writers asked us to be invested into his character, mm-hmm. you know, he just he's just gone. Yeah, he just he just leaves, and again a continuity error. He leaves, he goes to Bali, and he tells her we're going back to Ireland, but the creeds were never in Ireland. They didn't grow up. They didn't grow up in Ireland. Well, I think, okay, so actually, I have a point on this. So I think the word "back" is an issue, but I don't think them going to Ireland is an issue because so there's been debate on this whether they were living in the U.S. or living in the island prior to him moving to Switzerland. And I did actually check this because there's been debate on this, and he never actually says in the show where they were living prior to him living in Switzerland. So my theory on this is that he's taking his kids back to where he grew up. Um, and my, like my theory was always that, you know, his wife, you know, when him and Abigail met, she moved from the US to Ireland to be with him. And then from there, he moved to Switzerland and then he moved to the States to be closer to her family after she passed away and he got the job. I know other people interpret it as, oh, but, he moved from Ireland to the US to be with her and then to but Switzerland. But Jasmine, didn't, maybe I remember incorrectly, but didn't say at one point when he talked to Meredith mm-hmm. about Meredith was like, oh, you know, when Derek died, I had to move away. And he said, oh, that the same happened to me because I lived in the USA with my wife. She, he no, he doesn't into- say she lived, he lived in the US. He says, I ran away to Switzerland. I took my kids to the farthest place I could think of. But he doesn't actually say where they were living when they moved. I- but but it's but it's supposed to be USA because if if he says the farthest place, I mean Switzerland is in Europe and Ireland is in Europe, so they're not that distant, you know. Yeah. So and the fact that it, and also I don't know, just it just doesn't ring true. Again, I I get that we can find you know some way to accommodate this thing. To yeah, make I it, think. I think but, the word back is the issue because like 
like regardless of where you come down, like he obviously grew up in Ireland. That's clear. So I felt like he should have said something like, oh, I'm take, I want to take them back home to where my family is. Like something a little bit extra could have cleared that up. Yes, but why? Since a few weeks ago, I mean, not a few weeks ago, but in season 17, he said that he was going to move to Seattle because he wanted the kids to be closer to their aunt. Well, I think the issue is that, like, if he stays in the U.S., if he doesn't tell what Owen told him, they could take his medical license. But if he moves to Ireland, it's a different country, different system. If it comes out, they're not going to follow up and come after him in a completely different continent. Whereas if he stays in the U.S. and moves to where your sister is in California, then they could come after him. But isn't it a little bit, I, I mean, I, I just found it a little bit, I mean, Ace has always been the ethical character, the good guy, but I just found it a little bit too much. You know, of course, no one will discover about it if he doesn't talk. So for him to uproot his family, for him to take his kids away from their aunt, isn't it a little bit too much? I mean, it just felt yeah, like it me- felt very. I agree. Like it felt very jarring. And also when he was like, "Oh, you know, I told when he was talking to Megan, you know, I, you know, I, I was dating someone, and I, I said that you know we had to break up because you know my son was having an issue about it. But that's not true. I haven't moved on from my wife. And I'm like, that. Well, that made more sense. I'm like, I felt like they could have developed that storyline a lot more. Yeah. Prior to this point, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and again, it just felt that the writer just pivoted, you know, the storyline yeah. away from where, just where, randomly. Like, the way they could have done that earlier, is my point. Yeah, and, and the fact is that it just makes sense that he, he never stopped loving Aubrey. Uh, not Aubrey, sorry. Oh, God, I don't remember Abigail. the name. Abigail. But I mean, that's what happened to Mary at the beginning with Nathan. She, she understood that she was not over Derek as well, that mm-hmm. as much she liked Nathan. She was not, she she wasn't ready to, to date him. So I think that it could have been it could have been an interesting storyline. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I think that just you know, COVID happened. I, I I mean, I think that at the end of season sixteen, they were setting up Meredith and Ace. Yeah. I think that Ace was supposed to be Meredith Endgame, and then they just changed it because of COVID, and I ha- and then because they decided to bring to bring back Scott Speedman as uh, Meredith love interest, and I, as you know, I'm a big Meredith and Nick fan. I think they work together so good. But again, I, and on that note, I have to say that as much as I love them, they have to find an interesting storyline for them because right now it's just the two of them doing flirty eyes and kissing yeah. each other. And I think they have to step up their game. And we need good storytelling, guys. If you hear me, just I love them, but please make me more invested in them. Otherwise, you know, I will never, I, I will lose interest pretty fast because the thing that interests me the most is good storytelling. And right now what's happening between Meredith and Nick, there's great chemistry there. I know you don't agree, but I think there is great chemistry, but there is not a great storyline. So I yeah, hope that- I, I can agree with you on the storyline part because what Amy and I were both saying is that like one of the things that frustrates us about Nick when they brought him back is they haven't really given him much of a personality or much of a storyline. And like, I've said this before, but like every time we turn around, he's like, oh, I have the day off work. It's like the guy apparently doesn't work. He apparently, his, his niece he raised off at college he apparently has all this free time to just hang around in court Meredith. Like, apparently he's working other times, but we don't really, like, we've only seen him at work, like, once. And so, like, yeah, they haven't given him a personality or a storyline. And, yeah. like, the promo for next week, 
he's not even sticking around in Seattle. Like he's going back to Minnesota. And I'm like, what the, like, how am I supposed to be invested in somebody who straight up, like, like hasn't met Amelia, hasn't met her sister, straight up doesn't care about her kids, isn't sticking around in Seattle, no personality, no storyline. Like there's nothing for me to grab hold of and, and get invested in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get what you mean. As you know, I again, I loved the, the first meeting. I love how their story proceeded. I love their first time in the hotel, but now it's time for him to meet other people. And I, I just, and if you think about it, Meredith and Amelia and Maggie, they haven't had a, seen the three of them together this season, which is- no which is so, so wrong on so many levels. So I just hope the next episode, Mary is not, you know, trapped in their bubble storyline with Nick. I just yeah. hope that she starts talking to people about, the, I mean, a new love has happened in her life. Why isn't she talking to other people about it? And I think that a big storyline for the two of them for the remainder of the season is going to be what happens with the long distance thing. I think that's going to take a toll on the two of them. And so I'm curious to see that happen. But again, I just want more interactions mm -hmm. between, between all the characters. For example, one thing that I would love, but I'm sure we won't get it, which is crazy to me, is that I want Meredith uh, checking on Owen, uh, you know, a scene on, over asking him, so how are you? It must have been yeah. bad. Okay. I mean, I just need that. And the writers will not, will not give that because of, you know, of the schedule of Ellen Pompeo, of the schedule of because of COVID. I just do not care. I just need those scenes because that is what makes Grace, Grace. Yeah, and that was one of my big pet peeves about this episode where right at the end, when she's talking to Nick, when he shows up, she says to him, my friend's got into a car accident and my other friend quits. And she says it like it's no big deal. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, yeah. Hayes was the guy you dated. You should have been up front with both Nick and Hayes this entire season. Two, it wasn't some minor scrape up they got into. His legs are shattered. She's been in, like, two of his weddings. Like, she says it like it's no big deal. And yeah. that really bothered me because I'm like, Meredith's biggest trait in the earlier seasons, like, is about, is that, she, you know, she cares too much. Both George and Derek have speeches about this. That, you know, she really cares. And I didn't feel that at the end, like her friends in a, like Owen, you know, is injured, Teddy's shaken, Hayes quits, and she's not by their side. She's not checking in on them. She's just like, oh yeah, they quit. Oh, they got to do a car. Like she said it so casually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a problem with the, the these later years of the show. And yeah. again, I think it's because of a schedule thing of the actress, of Ellen Pompeo, but it just- But they could have not... given her better dialogue. That's what yeah. I'm saying in that scene. They could have given her better yeah. dialogue. Again, the writers this season are pretty lazy because, it, for example, one thing that bothered me is she has this speech to Hamilton and she says to him, she's mad because he's wasting her time. And she's like, I'm, I'm missing days with my kids. And then she's in Seattle. And at the end of the day, she smiles because she's not going home and she's going to a hotel room with Nick. Yeah. I mean, she Amy's, could have, Amy's point I, right I, after that happened was yeah. who was looking after her children? <laughs> yeah, again, again, and this is a problem that which is easily that can be easily fixed. She could have said to him, you know what, I'm going to go home, put my kids to sleep, and then I'm going to meet you at the hotel. Yeah, she could have said something like this and mm -hmm. they do that because it's just it's a problem of dialogue. They just I don't know what yeah, happened. Take them five seconds, say, oh, we're with the nanny or I'm going to go put them to bed and like be yeah. there when the babysitter arrives. 
But it's jarring if they make her complain about how little time she's spending with the kids, the days she's missing, and then the fact that at the end of the day she's not going home and she's going with Nick, you know, all in the same the time frame of half an hour. It just not, doesn't make sense. And again, I need the writing to improve this season. Speaking yeah. of the writing, speaking of the writers, and speaking of you know the spots. Okay, we're, we're gonna have to give we're gonna have to say this is a spoiler guys but mm. it's something that you might have guessed so basically the actor who plays ace richard flood is leaving the show apparently supposedly next week so mm. next week it was to be his last episode which i get it i mean since they decided to go marry with nick i mean i i get it there is even though i like the character i mean i do not want him to be involved with Megan. I found she's so dull. I don't want him to be involved in other storylines. So I get why he has to leave. But again, just a few weeks ago, he, mm-hmm. the actor was giving interviews saying, I mean, saying other things, saying that he was excited about, you know, what was going to happen. And he had already filmed these episodes, guys. And also yeah. he said, I'm going to be with Grey's Anatomy until it ends. That's what he said. Yeah. So, for this thing to happen, I'm just, what is happening behind the scene this season? Why are they giving these interviews which just go the opposite direction? What do you think about that, Jasmine? Yeah, it's pretty confusing because I, you know, that article I think was what, January? Like it wasn't that long ago? Yeah, um, I think it was at the beginning of January, something like that. Yeah, and like I saw it was being shared on Twitter and some people shared it with me and like based on the quotes and things he was saying, people were speculating that, oh, him and Meredith were finally going to get back together. And I was getting a vibe that, you know, coming into this episode that, you know, you know, Hazel was going to be injured and Meredith was going to have one of those storylines of, you know, oh, I realize how much this person means to me and that they were going to get together or maybe Nick was going to show up and they were going to do a love trial. Like I was between the interview and like what they'd set up, I was, you know, I was wondering if that's where they were going. And based on the stuff he said in this interview, that was a logical um, conclusion to draw. Yeah. And so, well, I do, you know, we've talked about this, you know, kind of off camera kind of thing, but both from, you know, marketing background and the comms background, you know, it's one thing to do some, a little bit of misdirection or a little bit of misleading or hiding stuff so it isn't spoiled. But you do too much of that and it becomes, you know, it becomes so misleading that to me as a fan, it's disorienting. You know, we're getting one thing in interviews and then a completely different thing on screen. And it's not slightly different. It's completely the opposite, um, yeah. which I find very confusing because they're hyping up, you know, a certain storyline or something might go, be going a certain way and you get all excited or, you know, disappointed depending on what you want. And then you get the exact opposite on screen, which, which to me is just a very disorienting experience and very frustrating because I and a lot of other people I was talking to like unprompted, like, you know, when people are sharing their thoughts, we're really excited about this episode. We're excited about Meredith and Hayes, um, you know, all that stuff. And then for them to, you know, for them to turn around and, you know, no, Hayes is leaving and we're going with Meredith and Nick. And yeah, it's just very, it's very confusing. And it, it makes me wonder, likewise, what happened behind the scenes, because it's one thing for them to ask, you know, the actor to not reveal information. That's, you know, a standard part of being on a show like this. Um, so I don't think that's odd, but for, you know, there's a difference between, you know, withholding information or speculating or, you know, being purposely vague and straight up being like, oh yeah, like I'm looking forward to this or I'm going to be on the show till it ends. And then we turn around and find out this character's leaving in a couple of episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's confusing. It's, it's just, confusing. And again, the reasoning between this exit, I just do not get it completely. Yeah. Because, as I said before, it, it seems it seems forced. But again, yeah, I the just, whole thing felt very forced. Yeah, very forced. But again, the thing that I think is that uh, rather than having him hook up with Megan, I just prefer for him. To leave you know i think that his character uh, it was just a casualty of of COVID, sadly so i think that's what happened and speaking of things that the writers told us that you know were going to happen because the in their words meg marinis who is the second in charge of Grey's anatomy she said they're like siblings mm. and i'm talking about <laughs> Joe Link, and then you know they happened. But before we talk about Joe Link, I think we should talk about Amelia Link. Mm. And I'll start by saying, I know you're probably gonna hate me, and I'm not talking just about you, Jasmine, but our listeners, because I know how people are involved and how much they care about Amelia. But I'm on Link's side completely, mm. just completely. I mean, f- from their argument this in this episode, I'm like, oh my God, she's the worst. Because guys, she's the worst. Not because she doesn't want what he wants. That's not the point. But in the fact that she decides, that she, she, she makes all the decision in her mind. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't involve the other person in her thought process. Mm-hmm. And then she dumps all this info into the other person. And she just thinks that, you know, that person has to accept it. Otherwise, he's a monster. She did this with Owen. You know, she didn't want to chide, but she didn't say to him. She was just, she just shut him out. And there was the tumor. So I I said, okay, there was the tumor. There was not Amelia. She was behaving erratically because of the tumor. Mm-hmm. And then now she's angry at Link because, you know, Link is this crazy monster wanted a family. And when she says to him, you knew that I went to AA. Well, but you never told him that you had a problem with his ideal family. You didn't talk. You were there smiling, loving him. How could have it known that you were not invested in that? And Link was so right. This was not gaslighting. This was happening. Actually, she was misleading him. You know what I mean? And the fact that he has to justify, it's just horrendous. And I know that Grey's Anatomy is a show which is, you know, sometimes they tend to write the, the women as superheroes. But this time I just feel, and I'm, I might sound unpopular, but I think that Amelia is acting so, so badly. Because if she had told Link this is not what she wanted, if she had talked to him and he wouldn't listen her, then I got it. I would have gotten it, you know? I would have said he's a bad guy because she kept telling you. But she never talked to him. Mm-hmm. She never did. So how was this guy supposed to know that that person was not into it? Of course, Link was, you know, wrong asking her to marry her in that situation. He was wrong. Okay, I'm not saying that he was right. But for him to be broken up because he saw her kissing with another person, I think that's that's normal. And the fact that Amelia is always so defensive just because she decides something, it's, I, okay, I'm going to say it, and then you can say that I'm wrong, but I think that Amelia is a little bit toxic. I mean, I'm happy that she gets what she wants, 
that now she's out there looking for what she really wants. I'm happy for her, but maybe she shouldn't break people's hearts this way in the process. Yeah, I, in terms of the fight, I feel like they were both in the wrong. Like, I get what you're saying. The thing that Amy and I were talking about was, you know, like Amelia says to him, you know, that, that, you know, that, that wasn't what she wanted, but you're right. She never actually says it outright to Link and she should have. Um, so she should have done that. I mean, yes, Link should have picked up on the fact that, you know, she wasn't crazy about the idea of getting married, um, having another kid. Uh, so she should have, you know, he, he should have picked up on that and he didn't. Um, but at the same time, you know, she's acting like they had some big conversation about it. And as far as we saw, they never talked about it specifically, unless, of course, that's supposed to be implied to have happened off screen. So, yeah, I think Amelia was in the wrong on that. Um, but I also d- did think she had a good point about, you know, she kept trying to get Link to talk to her about what was going on before they went in to operate on Owen. Yeah. And he yeah. wouldn't talk to her. And so her point yeah. about you brought all that into a surgery on my friend, the father of, you know, a kid that I, you know, I still co-parent that I still care about, you know, like we, we are part of a, the same family. You know, this is somebody that, you know, he has, he has two kids. Like, you know, this is somebody that, that means a lot to me. Um, you brought all that in there when I tried to talk about it. Um, and that wasn't fair as much as I don't like, oh, and that wasn't fair to him. So I, I did think she had a good point there. I also didn't like the fact that this argument made, I think both characters came up as really unlikable. It made, it took Link, who is usually so loving and supportive and made him seem like the bad guy because he's yelling and screaming and airing their business. And, you know, he's talking about, he was trying to say that, you know, she was using the word gaslight and he was trying to turn that around. Um, so he came off poorly. And Amelia also came up poorly because you're right in the sense that, you know, yeah, she should have talked to him about it. She, it's like she decided this in her head and she forgot to actually say it to him out loud. Yeah. And the same um, thing happened with Owen, you know, it's like, yeah, she, she does this, these things. She's always in the right because, you know, if you want something, you should get it and it should not be in a, in a situation you don't want to be in. The point is you just have to speak up. Because people will not read your mind. It wouldn't mean that it's always like this. It's like people yeah. have to read their mind, her mind as childish, you know? Yeah, and I think we attribute a lot of that to the tumor. But now that she's still doing it, it's like, okay, is that just her personality? Because that's a pretty crappy personality trait to have if that's just your personality. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then continuing on with Link, um, Amy and I were also talking about this, where it's like the other reason Link comes off badly in this episode as well for us was because, you know, Joe was trying to kind of profess her love to him and talk about it. And then he has sex with her. And like Joe, because she's hurting and she's been hurt, I think, you know, in the moment doesn't really think about the fact that Link is obviously rebounding. And so she's just going to get her heart broken again. And I also think Lynn came off badly because while we've gotten a better sense to think of Joe's state of mind, you know, Link, he didn't seem to be thinking about her feelings or the fact that she, this isn't just some random fling. Like, you know, when Joe and Jackson were dating briefly, you know, they both made it clear that this was just kind of, you know, um, like a friends with benefits type thing. But this time, you know, Joe literally sits on the floor next to him and says, you know, there's lots of other women out there who would love to love you. And then Link goes and has sex with her, not caring about her feelings or like it came across like he didn't care. And so, yeah, like I, 
Amy and I were talking about how like they Grace has a tendency to take these characters who when they first appear are loving and supportive and great guys and either kill them off or turn them into villains and I didn't like that either so Linton came off poorly Amelia came off poorly I felt bad for Joe she came off a little bit like you should know better so I just feel like everybody came off really poorly in this storyline I actually do not agree with, the, with this last point, which I think it's the beauty of, you know, storytelling and why we're here doing this podcast. Mm. Because I got a different impression. I think that Joe, I didn't like Joe in that moment because I think that Joe is taking advantage of Link because mm. in that moment, Link, Link is devastated and he doesn't know that Joe has feelings for him. She never told him. And she says that there are other women out there, but she's not talking about her or romantically. She's just telling him to move on. And Link knows that Joe doesn't have feelings for him. So he thinks that when she kisses him, it's like, you know, I want to help you rebound. So mm. what I think is that Link is not in the wrong thinking that Joe just wants to have sex. What I think is that Joe is taking advantage of him because Joe is the one with feelings and Joe knows how much Link deeply cares about Amelia. And she, I mean, if this was the country, if Link was, you know, a woman, we would be here saying that that person is taking advantage of him in his most needy time. Mm. So that's how I felt. I felt that Joe was predatory, I have to say, because again, Link just thinks that Joe is a friend. Again, <laughs> again, the beauty of storytelling. You see one thing, I see another thing. It's and, and besides, I was a few episodes ago when this storyline uh, was actually planted. I was like, oh, I'm in. You know, for I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, I, I yeah. like, oh, I might like the two of them together. And now they kiss, they have sex, and I just do not see any chemistry between the two of them. See, that's They're... what I was saying from the beginning. I'm like, I just, I see them as friends. Like, I don't, this is obviously going to end badly. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it all depends on what they decide to do with Kai, because I think that in this episode, they cemented the fact that the media Kai might be endgame. And I have to say, guys, I'm sorry, I might be saying a lot of unpopular things in this episode, but I want to be honest with you. So I just do not like them. I do not like Kai. I just I just do not buy Amelia and Kai as a couple because I think uh, that they, as an actor, um, are very, you know, not strong. I think they're flat so i don't know if you agree i don't know if you're invested in them as a couple but i just i just i i love the idea that they're exploring amelia's queerness because we mm -hmm. have heard about it a lot so to finally come to fruition i just love that i just do not like the, the chemistry between the two of them mm. yeah. yeah i i like that they're exploring our queerness as Amy and I have talked about, I think we would have been more into the storyline if it happened at an earlier point, you know, prior to Link, or maybe yeah. between Link and Owen or something like that. Or if, you know, Amelia and Link had, you know, talked about what they wanted, realized they didn't want the same thing and amicably split. I, I think I could have been more into it. I did like Kai's line, you know, when they're at the bar, I did think she had, you know, some funny lines in there. I did think that was amusing. Uh, so I did think their delivery with that was good. 
but overall, um, well, I, I wouldn't say that they're flat. I like, I, I don't super feel the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. So like, I, like I said, I'm not super invested in any of the couples this season, even the ones I like, it's just, they're not doing a lot with them or I'm just not super invested. I was invested in a million link. I was invested in Meredith and Hayes. And since neither of those things are happening right now, I'm just the whole, yeah, the whole season is just kind of falling flat for me because I'm not emotionally invested. And as I've said before, I am starting to feel like I'm being played all the time because, you know, the show puts in the work to get me invested in a couple, invested in a character. I get really into it. I'm really emotionally invested. And then like more than once now, they've pulled the rug out from under me and that character has disappeared and they've put Meredith with somebody I don't like, or, you know, they've done it with other characters too. So I'm also feeling like I'm not really motivated to get invested in new storylines and new couples because the ones I have of kind of the last few seasons since Derek died, I would say, you know, every time I get invested, they pull the rug out from under me and they replace it with something I'm not invested in. So I'm, yeah, I'm feeling, you know, pretty, I'd say disillusioned as, as a fan. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I think that one of the most beautiful and surprising and powerful storylines of this episode was the Levi storyline. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? I yeah, it's actually the only part of the episode that I liked. Okay. Um, because there were other parts that I liked until I realized like right at the end there where they were going with it. And I was like, oh, seriously, that's what you're doing. Um, but I really did enjoy Levi's storyline. Um, I have to say, in terms of graphicness, the part where they go into the scrub room and his hands are bloody, I yeah. I had to look away. It was really, like, it was, that was bad. Like, that was, oh. Because yeah. I kind of had a vibe when he couldn't stop scrubbing earlier on in the episode. I'm like, oh, is he going to develop OCD or, you know, something along those lines uh, because of this? Because, you know, we had Bailey, um, we had Bailey develop her OCD um after that uh, you know all the things happened with those patients where they realized that something had become infected and it wasn't her fault and so I kind of had that vibe and then when he pushed Joe away and she ran and got Helm and that other guy um I was like okay good because what I realized like when he pushes her away I'm like okay they need somebody stronger and bigger than them to to help and I'm like Joe was smart to go get like a male resident who would be able to physically remove Levi and so he wouldn't actually injure himself further or injure Joe or somebody else um and I thought Joe was being one thing I think Joe did shine in this episode was being a really good friend because like being like obviously Levi wasn't trying to hurt her but him shoving her away especially when she is a domestic violence survivor and I don't know if Levi even knows that but just having the strength to be like okay my friend is suffering right now this is not about me I'm gonna find somebody who can help him because me attempting to get him away from the sink when he's in this state of mind he's he's hurting himself when he's gonna wind up hurting me further like physically if I don't get somebody to help him so I thought that was really well done you know hearing the debate between Bailey and Richard I felt like you know right now Bailey and Richard are both really upset but I feel like once they realize that like Levi is really suffering maybe developing a condition because of this I'd like to see a storyline where Bailey is helping Levi you know with managing her own OCD and, you know, helping him with, with what may be developing, what he's struggling with. I also thought it was good in terms of one interesting piece of sound editing was when he was originally scrubbing at the sink, 
you could kind of, I thought you could kind of hear the podcast for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, I don't know if this was intentional, but that what I was, what I think, I don't know if they faded it or if this was just my perception, but then it turned into Richard and Bailey arguing outside of the scrub room. And so yeah. I did think that was a good piece of editing there. I wish the rest of the episode had the kind of directing and editing that Levi's entire sequence had. Um, So I thought that was really well done. And, you know, Richard and Bailey were just so upset, you know, they couldn't see how bad it was. Yeah. Um, The only thing I didn't like about that storyline, though, was because at the end there, you know, when Nico, when somebody like Paige Nico and he's asking what happened and, you know, Tom says, okay, let's take a walk. And they had the other guy bandaging his hands like based on their dialogue there, it was established that, you know, okay, one of them was going to take him home and they were going to put him in bed and he was going to deal with his, you know, he was going to process his feelings. But then right at the end of the episode, Nico finds him like lying in like the sidewalk road area in an area he could get hit by an ambulance. And so you talk about consistency that bothered me because I mean, I'm like, what the heck? They literally just established five seconds ago that um, they were going to take him home. And, you know, and I said, well, you know, maybe it was okay. They got called into a trauma or something, but if that's the case, we should have seen a scene or like maybe he got into a cab or something and he got back out. Like, if that's what happened, we should have seen the follow-up and said, Nico just finds him like lying half in the road, unable to function. And I was like, they just established they were going to take him home. So that really, that really bugged me because it's like, you literally just established that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have to say that I agree with you. As I said, that this was the most beautiful story on the episode. The only thing that I don't actually, didn't actually like was how cold Bailey and and Richard were. Mm. Because even though I get that, you know, Richard was mad, he knows what it means to, to, for, for an, I mean, he's not an intern, but for a resident to, to lose someone on the table. Mm-hmm. And even though Levi was an arrogant, Richard should know better. And the same for Bailey, for her to just say, take a walk. When you see him in that condition, after all she has been through, yeah. to me, again, it just, it just seemed um, lazy writing mm-hmm. because it, it, didn't, it didn't just feel true. I mean, Bailey yeah. is not that character. Bailey will have talked to him more. Barry would have been, she would have been more empathetic towards him. So yeah, I just, I just do not believe that the fact that they left him there for, for that protected period of time. So that is something, the only thing that bothered me because otherwise I thought the storyline was beautiful and it was powerful. And I think the actor did a great, great yes. job. Very and good to, acting. We should, we yeah. should, Jake and Ryan to, did some great acting. Yeah, also because he didn't have any lines. So, yeah, that's a good point. You're right. He didn't have, apart from screaming, he didn't have any lines. Yeah, yeah. It was an episode, surely, that full of surprises, full of unexpected reaction. And who knows what happens next? We mm-hmm. saw Maggie and Winston, you know, maybe they're planting a seed there for a future, you know, a breakup, fate versus reason so Mm -hmm. who knows if the writers will go that way but well we'll see what happens we'll see what happens next we're just happy to be back to be able to being to talk about Grey's Anatomy some more and besides where I mean I don't know if we talk about this on the podcast I don't think so but Grey's Anatomy has been renewed for season 19 it has been 
Yeah, so we have another long here toward, uh, in front of us. And also we discovered that this, the season finale is here if, you know, if COVID let it happen, will be the 400th episode. And Christopher, mm -hmm. the showrunner, said that it's going to be a pretty, a pretty big event. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time for our most favorite part of the episode, our favorite scene or quote. Okay. Uh, I'd say actually, so I didn't like this episode overall. So I didn't really have like a favorite favorite, but if I had to pick one, I'd say my favorite storyline was Levi's. But I think my favorite scene was the one at the end with Maggie and Winston. It was a small scene. But when they're leaving, they're like checking out and they're leaving the lobby where Maggie says, you know, you believe in, in the miracle, you believe in miracles. And I, I didn't know that. And looking at the other person thinking, you know, I married this person. I've been in a relationship with them for a while. We're building a life together. And, you know, I didn't know that she's like, she believes in science and reason and charts and data. And he like, he believes in that stuff too, but he also believes in, in the miracle of it. And, you know, that kind of realization that, you know, um, okay, this is something I didn't know about the person I'm married to, but I also like what Winston said about, you know, you know, we were a great team today. Like you took a leap of faith by helping me. So even though you don't see it as a miracle, you don't see it the way I do, you still took the leap of faith and helped me, even though you didn't think it was the right course of action and we pulled it off and Farouk's going to be okay. Um, so I, I thought it was a little moment, but I, I really liked it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. My favorite scene, I guess it was the um, Levi's screaming scene, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 that scene reminded me of old grace and how mm -hmm. grace could be sometimes powerful with just, with just a few seconds. So yeah, yeah. that was my favorite moment. And that's our show. So if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review. And of course, tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at DanceItOutPod and on Instagram at DanceItOutGrey's Anatomy. And until next time, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Giuseppe. And this is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast. <laughs>